It's the two megastars summer mashup. The awesome iPhone on the Rockstar Metro PCS Network. Get the iPhone you've always wanted for zero dollars so you can jam without limits. It's a hit. Get an iPhone SE on us when you switch. Metro PCS. Coverage not available in some areas, plus sales tax and $10 activation fee. Requires port of number not currently active on T-Mobile Network or on Metro PCS in past 90 days to an unlimited LTE plan. See store for details and terms and conditions. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome to the Grown Man Ish Podcast. I'm Mike J, running the point guard with me, and I'm the wingman. I have the GOAT, and this ain't Michael Jeffrey Jordan, like his favorite player. This is the real GOAT, and that would be... This is your guy, Bowtie Fresh, on the wing with the mid-range jumper. What's going on, my brother? Damn, mid-range jumper, dog. You took it back to, like, 1985. We'd be out here dressing like Dressing like Terry Cummins, boy, with some slacks, with some uh, <laughs> slacks, with some dag on, uh, with some knobs. Hey Yo. man, uh, it's it's a, a mid-range jumper is a lost art, man. And I sometimes I feel that way about myself, man. You know, I get lost in the vibe, but you can't you, you can't shake the mid-range J, man. It's consistent and solid all day long. <laughs> man, so well, let me tell you this, bro. So I went to the I went to my little Mexican spot yesterday, the restaurant. So I'm up in there, and it's like a cornucopia of, like, ill stuff going on. Yo, this one chick, she came up in there. She had her booty coming out of her shorts, but not in a good way. And she, when I say her heels were cracked, like the back of her feet, bruh, it looked like oh, somebody wow. literally took a laser, a razor blade and just split, like, part of the sea. Like, you know how Moses parted the Red Sea? <laughs> that's how her, that's how her dagger on the back of her feet with the crust on the left and right side. I'm with the Earl. Then they had my uh, one of our Latino brothers up in there with dress shoes and jeans, seen cowboy boots, <laughs> and then some white guy named Dan from St. Vincent. This <laughs> is a crazy, uh, no, crazy little spot, no man. Yeah, oh, no, he came, he came in wild, full scrub. He still came in full scrub. This is good. This the food is really good though. It's on the west side, you know what I'm saying? But hey, man. But what's been going on with you, bro? I dig it. Uh, not a whole lot, man. You know. Just trying to trying to maintain and and, and navigate. Well, I had a nice little a nice little night out on Saturday night and uh, Saturday morning. You know you, you know your boy loves some soccer and you know I'm the head coach of my, my nine year old team and uh, you know, my nine year old went out absolutely beasted. You know he's a he plays goalie and you know I call I call him the little wall. So and he did not get scored on this week at all. So, you know, it's always a good it's always a good week when you when you get a dub and your son plays extremely well. So I was proud of him, man. He had a he had a hell of a damn game. So definitely shout out to my, to my oldest. Also known as three plays. Go check out his uh go check out his YouTube channel. But yeah, man. Definitely, definitely proud of my little guy. That's about oh, that's it, my true. brother. Straight man, I had a good little weekend myself, man. Nice little, nice little dinner. Celebrate the anniversary with the lady, so it was yes, cool, sir. man. Happy you know, happy again to your brother. You I and the lady. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I know you celebrated one recently too, man. Back, back at yes, you. Yes, sir. That's right. Hey, man. Ain't nothing, oh. ain't nothing like black love. You understand? Oh man, we're gonna we're gonna get hey, we're gonna talk on this episode. Actually, we're gonna talk more about black love, not with the one another. You know, that's my brother, but more like some different oh, shows. Right, That'd right, be right. interesting. Yeah, hey yeah. man, but definitely, before we definitely jump a nice into little this, segue right? into what they gonna get this show. <laughs> definitely, man. So you know, it was ten years since Bernie Mac been dead, bro. And I ran a poll yeah. on the on the Twitter, so we had almost two thousand about fifteen hundred, I think like fifteen sixteen hundred votes. And it was like, so to ask your favorite uh, Bernie Mac character. So I just pulled different things up because I, I wanted to actually get dialogue with people. I think I picked like uh, the Reverend in Friday, uh, my man when he was on uh, Above the Rim, 
uh, I picked him in Kings of Comedy, and I picked something else. But you know, but what's your favorite Bernie Mac character in a movie or a show or whatever? Uh, I'm def- I'm gonna go back. Uh, one of my favorite characters. I forgot his name, but it was in that House Party Three movie or four, oh, yeah. three or four, where he was 3. a kid. Yeah, where he was kid's uncle. Uh, that that's probably one of my favorite characters because he did drop a little bit of knowledge on there. Um, but was still very much Bernie Mac. Um, I, I a lot of people give it some flag, but I like Mister Three Thousand. I think it's yeah, Mister Three Thousand pretty good. Stan, 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 yeah, yeah, so Stan. Yeah, I like uh, I, I liked him in Mister Three Thousand as well. I thought that was uh, one of one of my favorite. And then, of course, you go back to an all time uh, a, a, a classic, hood classic, or whatever you want to call it, but. Uh, when he was a pastor in, in uh, Friday, man. So that was probably my top yeah. three actual characters of his. For me, it would be him uh, in Friday, and this is not in particular order. Uh, also, I mean, him being in the butter rim, I love the butter rim. Anybody who knows me know I love above the mm-hmm. rim and Dollar Bill. But I got a oh, lot of people yeah, talking. Dollar Bill. Yeah. Dollar Bill's probably my favorite because, you know, he wasn't the star, man, but, you know, he, he had some good rhythm and them lines were hilarious. I can still remember the lines of the day. Stupid business, stupid business. Nothing. <laughs> you did well, Blue. You worked good on your feet. <laughs> but, uh, good, good. So, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. But also, uh, it was also funny, man. That everybody kept hitting me up with something about Soul. Was that, was that Soul Man, Soul Brothers? The movie he, he oh, did for Sam. Yeah, Sam, Samuel L. Jackson, and yeah. it was a good movie, but I don't remember, like, his lines like that. And plus, it was kind of weird because he had already passed when he got released. So it wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, it was kind of it was kind of a different feel, man. So shout out to everybody who hit us up on the Grown Man is Twitter. You know, we appreciate that. Even the line who said that he was, uh, that he only he's good in Ocean Eleven, he's only good for a, a bit part. So you can go ahead and, you know, fall off a cliff, but, you know, shout out for you to actually take your Tweeted some garbage, so uh, you know it is what it is, man. <laughs> hey, maybe some damn lambs on the internet, bro, like tweeting stuff that they know they wouldn't say to your face. Like yesterday, there was a guy came out there and his black guy's talking about Trump. We'll get to this in a second. Someone he doesn't have a racist bone in his body, and I put the little gif out there of the Charlie Murphy talking. He's a habitual line stepper, and then the dude, yeah. I wake up and dude sent something like, "I thought you were gonna send the gif of him being a like a coon dancing." Now I was getting ready to get really off the chain, but we've been on our show. We've been growing our show by leaps and bounds, and I don't want to get them to report me on Twitter because I was going to say something about his moms and how his moms. I don't. She doesn't like me to use that type of language because I want her mouth to be open when she's ready for whatever I'm going to give her. But you know, I'm trying to be a better person. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. Maybe, maybe you know, she she likes she maybe she likes to get down like the Chuck Berry position. So shout out to that guy. Oh, uh, Lambo you know, doors. Lambo Doe's wide and ready. For anybody who knows what Chuck Berry is, don't look it up at work. But, you know, Lambo Doe's <laughs> wide and ready. And, you know, and definitely that's when if you ever want to toss salad, that's what you want to talk about. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> hey, man, you know, hey, man, you cocoon, bro. Like, that's what you had to go to? Man. You had to throw a little racial slur? Like, out the blue? Right. Nah, I feel you. Hey, man. So, uh, hey, man, so let's also, did you see that brother Daniel Hamburger in Nashville? Got shot in the back by the police. Uh, I did not see the footage. I, I read about it, but I haven't seen the footage of it that got released. But I did hear he was about running. That, so definitely he rest a, in peace to that brother. He was running. He was a good 
amount away from the guy. He got shot three times in the back. I think the I think the fatal shot got shot in the back of the head. So I know they've been protesting in that in, uh, in Nashville, man. So definitely yeah. keep that brother's family in in prayer. And also, man, did you see that thing in Baltimore that that uh, cop was was beating up on that guy? Man, what man, what got into that dude, man? That, 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 yeah, man. For that, for that cop crazy. and that reaction, I'm like, man, that that was a classic example of, uh, you know, I, I'm using this, using my badge to to try to do, you know, prove a point and make myself feel good, man. Like there, there was, there was, I mean, there's no call for any of the things that that have gone on here recently, but man, that was ridiculous. Yeah, so little buddy, he went on to quit. He resigned. So, and then this guy, yeah, who, you know, the other cop who wouldn't, who didn't step in. He ended up, he's on desk duty. But I'm like, yo, I'm not losing my job because you you trying to wail on somebody. He kind of pulling to the side, like, yo, chill. You know, you know yeah. after that, if you want to fight me, of course, can't, you know, risk getting, you know, something happening. But, yo, that's crazy. So, you know, you yeah. see these things. Yeah, that, that, that was extra wild. So, you know, this, this it's actually, this is the perfect segue, bro. Because you know your favorite uh, Agent Forty Five, the the orange orangutan oh, wow. in cheeks. <laughs> hey man, he's out here wilding. He's been out here wilding, man. You know he took a twelve day vacation at one of his golf golf courses, man, and he came back tweeting with a vengeance. <laughs> yeah, came back. So woke, what they say? He woke up early on, and I think they they specifically said day nine of his vacation to address <laughs> the NFL players. Like, man, come on, man. He probably yeah, woke he, up, man. He, probably ate a fillet, fillet of fish sandwich because he looked like a lamb eating a fillet of fish sandwich and a diet coke. You know, no back, man. Yeah, extra yeah. tartar. Extra tartar. <laughs> with a little extra, with a little extra side of aioli too, just to get him right. Man, this is you don't. I can't trust a guy like Trump. They said he put ketchup on steaks, bro. Any 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 grown yeah, man will put ketchup on steak, and I, I can't I can't mess with you. I can't trust you. But man, he got up yeah, in there. Right. Of course, you know he, he didn't have the dog more. Work. He didn't have more days off than you have work. Yeah, man. Like, Yo, <laughs> you either you off work or you like oh I'm technically at work, but I'm like lounging, I'm golfing, and then you and then you finessing because you golfing at your spots, so you know you got to pay for that. So you know even when you had a secret service, they got things. So, yo, this is all a finesse. But of course, Trump went back to. Thing, especially when speaking to people of color, some of they they should be suspended without call. They don't know what they're talking about. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But yo, sick thing, Omarosa, dog. Did you see? Did you see everything going on with Omarosa in the White House? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Talk, talk to me about that, though, man. I, I'm interested to hear your take on this. Yo, number one, let's just keep it real, with Omarosa. Now, Omarosa was saying all this stuff before Trump got elected. And then when he got elected, come on, knee, all the knees are going to uh, bow down. And she and Omarosa, I believe she said she's a pastor to Trump. So I'll take that however you want to. And he's not a racist. Now you get fired. Now you want to try to come back to the cookout? Bruh. Omarosa right. is forever, forever banished to the sunken place. She can't come to the cookout. Yeah. <laughs> can't mess with you. It's like remember, you remember uh, Rashad on ATL. We don't want to skate with you. We don't want to do we nothing with your sk- shoulder. <laughs> yeah, she's out of here. She's done. She yeah. get her Omarosa up out of here, man. Oh, muscle face. Yeah, man. But yeah, yeah. it's just. But it was funny how she took the Omarosa, man. Yeah, can't she come took crawling, it. Don't, don't come, don't come crawling back now. No, it's one thing to say, yo, to humble yourself and say. I was wrong. The only reason you say you were wrong because you got fired. 
But yo, yeah. how does she see the phone in the situation room? Even though they weren't even talking about anything classified, how does she sneak mm-hmm. the phone up in there? I mean, this is the situation room. This is the room that when uh, President Obama, the real POTUS, was out there, and when they put that kill action on, on uh, Bin Laden, he washed that bad boy in a United States members-only jacket. And, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton, <laughs> everybody else in the crib. Yo, did you say he had the members-only jacket zipped all the way up to his up, up to oh, his back was, on chin? Yeah. And then, and then yeah. he had the collar left to, left to right. You could tell. You, could, you hey, know, I love POTUS. Was you extra tell. fresh. Hey man, you could tell. You could tell that's when he was in Hawaii and in Kansas with that type of swag, bro. You can't have oh, the members yeah. only. You can't have the members only jacket all the way up and then fold it over. You either gotta have yeah, it open, uh, yeah. open three quarters. Gotta have that bad boy, or you have it zipped up. But you can't have it, you know, with the daggone collar to the side. Hey, you know, it's once he got the, you know, once he got the news, he pumped the fist and said, "Got him." You, you, you know, oh, it, yeah. had it, it had to happen that way. Oh, you remember when he walked off, man, after he made the announcement? Yeah, you know, man, he swag, he swagged out so bad. All right, no, he probably went went back to the room. No, no disrespect. I'm sure the floaters was some 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 of the nice sexy lingerie ready for oh, him. No. <laughs> ready, <laughs> ready and willing. Hey man, ready. Yeah. I mean, dog, if you can, if, hey, come on, let's keep it all real, bro. You know, we both <laughs> we got women in our lives. If you know you do have a good day at work or something like that, bring a few dollars extra home. You gonna get you know you gonna with that with Mel- what Melanie Camacho say a uh, uh, certain coupon. Oh, you get yeah. a, you get Bin Laden taken out. Oh, bro, you getting the full treatment. So that's like yeah, walked off too. Like the, hell yeah, full platinum treatment. Yeah, full full treatment. Hey, treatment. Shout out, shout out to our boy Ray Day. <laughs> Full treatment, man. <laughs> Yo, man. So back to Muscle Face. You hear Trump call her a low life at that press conference? Oh, <laughs> he yeah. was like, he was like, what do you hey, think? I gotta, I gotta, hey, I got to give it to Trump. <laughs> you just throw, you throw low life out there. That's on a whole other level of hilarity right there. <laughs> he shot that out quick. <laughs> Probably low one, life. The, the, the one compliment I give Trump at any point in time, man. <laughs> it was pretty funny how he shot that out there. Hey, yo, then he, then he, like, put the hand over his face, like, he wanted to let you know, like, he was diverting his attention. Low life. Yo, right. but the, the funny thing is, you know, we do it, this to let y'all, and we do, like, an outline before the show starts, so this ain't we ain't just, like, talking about a whole bunch of random stuff, even though it turns into random funny stories. So, yo, Governor Kasich out of Ohio, him and Trump was going back on the Twitter, and Trump says something slick, and Kasich uh, sent back a, a, a gif of Putin laughing. Man, and at a Trump, dog, I was on, I howled, bro. Like, man, where are we at in 20 years of our Lord 2018 that the president of the United States and the governor of Ohio are going back and forth on Twitter? Twitter on Twitter, thing. not not in Capitol, not, not in the office, not even in the situation room, not even on the phone. Yeah. Why are they going back on Twitter? I'm surprised, I'm surprised Trump ain't been sending gifts and stuff like that and gifts. And memes and everything, you know. I'm sure he got some right. some dudes on the team. That's all they want to do. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He probably got some boys on the team that'll hack your computer and it just be nonstop, just memes. Yeah. Low life. Low man. Life. Hey man, he shot that out real smooth. Like I got to give him old, old orange baboon for that one. I can never give him no props, man. You know, he said some stuff that I just because it's all because you know you you know you give him a prop like oh man you caught a low life that's cool. Next thing you know, boy come out about three or four racial epithets. He's talking about everybody in the White House hated her. She was very aggressive but not very smart. It's amazing how many times that he uh he always equates people of color, specifically black people, not being smart. 
So I don't know. Trump is like Trump is like the guy. You ever remember like the he's like a second generation rich kid. He's a guy who was born on third base and actually hit, thinks he hit hit a triple. So right. you know, <laughs> no, I'm just saying you get those people, man, who who the the platter's been set out for them. And, like, you know, they can have an uncle to do certain for them, and they think everything's going to be good for them, and they think they've done all this stuff, but they really didn't hit the double. You you were born on second. Somebody gave you that opportunity. So that's just that's what I think about Trump. As, as mad as he gets back at people like LeBron James, he's jealous because he wish he was a made person like that, self-made. He's not. Oh, man. You're, no, not your at dad all. gave you, like, $15 million to start off of in the 70s. Think how much money that was worth. Yo, man, he's, exactly. he's trashed. Beyond trash, but man, let's trash get to Twizzler, bro. You know, man, you see what went down. You know, one year since Charlottesville, bro. Since you know, last oh, year, yeah, rest in peace, the lady was hit by hit by you know no killed by somebody who who drove a car into a crowd. You know, you had brothers getting beat. You know, you had boys out there, <laughs> you know, carrying tiki torches and and wearing cargo and cargo shorts and all that type of stuff. You know, Charlottesville for this year. Yeah, so this year they were, I think when they were in D.C., that's right, and you had the little yeah. march, and they didn't have that many people to show up, man, so. Yeah, it, it, looked like it, it looked like it, it compared to the to, to the, uh, to the counter, or the counter protesters or whatever you want to call them protesters, it looked like it was about 25 people, man. Yeah, <laughs> like 25 people surrounded by a, a, a stockade of daggone security and law enforcement, man. Yeah, man. So, but shout out to all those people who went. You know, they're gonna get the Twizzler, man. Because anytime you want to do stuff like that to represent the right, you know, you're not representing mm-hmm. the real right. You represent the fake right, man. So they can go ahead and get that Tiki Torch Twizzler, bro. Go ahead and sit on it, let it burn and spin, man. So shout out, shout yeah, out to all those losers. Let it burn like Usher. No, yeah. no, no shade. <laughs> oh, I know, right? <laughs> Yo, I should be going through allegedly. it, man. You know, allegedly, man. Us out there allegedly giving out the herp. <laughs> hey, man, allegedly. I said I seen something on the internet. They said allegedly Usher told old girl was her was her father. She didn't bring any prophylactics. But damn, Usher? Not someone who brought this on your own self. Hey, <laughs> oh, shout out to my cousin Tabu. Yo, man, so shout out to so shout out, I don't even say it now. Yeah, like Hey man, but ah, you gonna man, if you a savage man, allegedly if you out there giving it to him raw, giving that ODB style, and you know you got the herp, you know, ah, hey, it's disgusting, man. Hey, Botox, so go tell me about Laura Ingram, man. You know she is a repeat Twizzler Award winner. Yeah, I'm just gonna go ahead and just give her the Twizzler. She she made some statements, a recent statement that uh, Americans do not like the demographic shift and that these shifts. Are being forced on Americans. So pretty much what that is is it, it's just coded language and, and, and propaganda with surrounding all the different movements that are going on around social injustices. So I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on her. She can go ahead and get that. She can get that double back Twizzler since she is a repeat Twizzler Award winner. I'm I think I'm just gonna go ahead and give her that Costco pack, that double back pack where you you gotta have the re- it's a resealable package and you just keep going back and dipping in for more, man. That's that's what she's gonna get. I don't want to spend too much needs. time on her. And for those who <laughs> yeah, don't know, she... I I am sure I am sure that she is going to. Uh, this is not the last Twizzler award that she's going to no. get. So yeah, we just, we just we just gonna unseal it and just keep dishing them out to her. 
And for those who don't know, Lauren Ingram was the one that said told LeBron James to shut up and dribble. And shout out to yeah. LeBron from taking from taking what the enemy had for bad and he's making it good. He just got paid to do a documentary on athletes speaking out. I think specifically black athletes speaking out. So that's more money in his pocket because it is racist to make said shut up and dribble. And also oh, before yeah. we before we get off of Laura Ingram, you know, she's also the one at the I think I don't know if she was at like a Republican National Convention or some convention. She did like the Hail Hitler like salute oh, yeah, before she waved yeah, to the crowd. Her. So you yeah, know, that's, that's that and this, these are the type of people, you know. I know we got some people who are Republicans and I don't have anything against you, but you know, this, yeah, they I'm always want some people. Yeah. Go ahead. Let's make this clear. This, this is this is both high fresh, and I want to make it clear. I I am somebody. Mike J knows this. I'm not a party person. I think that there there can there can be good and bad in in, in every in each of the parties. And you know, Mike J and I talked. There were some things you know that I did not agree on. You know, or did not you know fully support under the Obama administration. But I supported him because he was trying to do what was right for the people. So don't take Bowtie Fresh's opinion as a as a Republican Democrat thing. I want y'all to take Bowtie's opinion as being factual upon my about myself that Donald Trump's a piece of shit and I won't support him. It ain't got nothing, it ain't got nothing to do with being Republican or not. Donald Trump is toxic. Donald Trump is not what we need for our for our American people, myself included, because I am an American. He's not what we need. So y'all, y'all uh, take, this from take this, yeah, take this from both sides for us. This ain't a, this ain't a, this isn't a party, uh, you know, Democrat Republican type thing. This is a, I don't really give two drops of squirrel piss about Donald Trump. He needs to be gone and out of there because he is a detriment to us as Americans. Beyond detriment, like if your worst excrement, that's Donald Trump. And all I got to say is these few things: housing discrimination, which he was found guilty, found guilty of, Central Park Five. His presidency, which is always coded coded language against people of color, you know, and preach these aren't on, things. The, and the, hey, preach on. <laughs> these ain't things that I'm telling. These ain't these aren't my opinions. These are things are facts. So you can look them up. The That's housing discrimination it. started in the '70s. The Central Park Five things was in the '80s. He actually wrote a letter to the New York Times saying that those people should be uh, should be getting the death penalty, in, but never wrote a letter apologizing when they were found to be not guilty under you know if they had some. A fake investigation wasn't right, and they had the, the DNA evidence came out they were not guilty. So, you know, these these are things you can be take a Republican, Democrat, whatever, but these are facts. These are things he's done. So, it is mm-hmm. what it is. I'm not even talking about him paying out porn stars and stuff like that. So, you know, it is what it is, man. But man, let's we don't call you. We calling you to the altar, Donald Trump. We calling you to the uh, altar. We putting hey, it on man. the line. And <laughs> hey, brother, he only even beyond the altar. Like he knows it goes to the straight depths of hell, bro. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? This this is like man, I was why this is like he's one of them kind of cat man, you just need to you just I don't even want to go there. <laughs> but I gotta keep his job. Yeah. But, uh, he's beyond he's beyond trash, man. So speaking of being somebody being a, a stand up guy, hey what you think about Cam Newton, man, addressing Kelvin Benjamin, man? Oh yeah, man. Now now I definitely I salute Cam for for, for what he did. You know, Cam went and approached the situation and for those who don't know uh, Kelvin Benjamin, excuse me, Kelvin Benjamin was a, a former wide receiver of the Carolina Panthers, now a wide receiver of the Buffalo Bills, made some statements about Cam Newton's uh, pass accuracy as a quarterback while he was uh, supposed to be on the receiving end of Cam Newton's passes. And so he made some comments, you know, kind of pretty much taking jabs and throwing shots at Cam. And so Cam, you know, he responded pretty cleverly, you know, via social media, nothing big. But then these two teams had a preseason game. So Cam walks across the field 
like a grown man should. And like, hey, you know, grown man let me let me let me back it down a notch. He walked across the field like a grown man should. And if you look at the video, Cam Newton, what did he do? He extended his hand to that man. Hey, let's shake on it. You know what I'm saying? We we can move on or whatnot. But he extended his hand to that man. Man, Kelvin Benjamin couldn't look him in the eye. He didn't Not at all. his hand. He kept trying to walk around and avoid it. So you know he was in the wrong right now. You know he felt some kind of way because Cam was trying to address things as a man. Not saying Cam was trying to be a tough Tony or a rough Ricky or nothing like that because he wasn't <laughs> even on anything like that. Cam came over and was like, hey, man, let's talk about this. You know, hey, you know, whatever. But the fact that he extended his hand to him like a man, tried to dead it like a man and move uh, on. And Kelvin Benjamin straight acted like a sucker, man. So oh, shout man. out to Cam Newton. Shout out to Cam Newton, man, for being a stand-up guy, and Kelvin Benjamin. You know, he he looking looking like a looking like a, a fresh filled bag of garbage. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like uh, an overflowing bag of it. Like, man, come on, bro. Man, well, I know how it is, man. Because ain't nothing worse than you try to you're not even checking somebody, but somebody does something, and you talk to them like a man, and then I've had dudes roll their eyes at me. You know, like kind yeah. of smirk and do some stuff that I believe is unlike man. Like I had another man, I you know called out on some bull. You know, he shook shook my hand like a man and didn't and then you know and then wasn't a stand wasn't a stand up guy about what he needed to do, man. So I salute Cam, man. This is what grown man this is about. If I'm if you wrong, yeah. man, take it like a man. Apologize and move like on. But you rolling your eyes and not. Like not, not being and, the man it's weak. Yeah, and, and that's what exactly what it is. And we say being a stand-up guy and addressing things like a man. Ain't no and, and Mike J. Nor I are talking about no ignorant. I'm coming over there to fight you or anything like that. A, a grown man ish, grown man ish, and grown men approach things like me. I'm gonna come and talk to you and address you. We're gonna see what we can work out as men. This ain't got nothing to do with physicality or anything like that. Only a boy, only an immature idiot would be think, oh, well, you think you tough because you're going to come over here and you ain't going to punk me. It ain't got nothing to do with that. I'm addressing you like a man. Now, if you want to jump stupid and you got a problem with it, then that's all, then, then we can and we can handle that another way. But grown men, how we do it, grown men will talk. approach you and try to handle the situation to talk about it. Grown men also will finish the situation. So if you want to jump stupid, go on ahead and get froggy. Go on ahead and jump. Because I'm going to squash you like a daggone grasshopper. That's just the way it is. So grown men, we approach it the right way, but we also finish business too. Like and a cockroach, the board. Like a that's cockroach, man. Hey, man, like I said, you know, I, you know, I've been sucker free in 2018, man, but I was definitely, I definitely had to deal with some suckers. And, you know, who, and those who know who I'm, knows what I'm talking about, man. So, you know, shout out to them, man. You know, one of these days, man, he's not having knives okay. like Jay-Z. I'm, don't, don't embrace me. I'm going to embrace you like a man, man. I'm, I'm going to pull you into my bosom and tell you how to be a man, man. I'm going to fix your mouth. I'm going to fix the gap in your mouth, and I'm going to embrace you, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm gonna be, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna sit back. I'm gonna look like at a, you like a like man. A proud, like a proud dad watching his only son that made it. <laughs> I know, man. Yeah, I know. Hell, I know. I'm just gonna be like, yo, man, don't break. You, you can hug me, man. And you know, when you get back and you start, you be a man, then I'm gonna treat you like that, man. But until then, right. all these cockroaches and snakes they get crushed. And you know, like Bowtie said, we talk about like grown men. But if you want to take it somewhere else, eh, <laughs> I ain't got no problem with that either. Like grown men. Hey. Yeah. But the shout outs, man, shout out to the shout out to them lanes, man. They 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 becoming men one day at a time. But man, I'm not a big golf fan. I'm not sure if you are, but Tiger is Tiger back, bro. Tiger almost won a major yesterday. 
Yeah, I think, you know, honestly, uh, I'm not a huge golf fan either, but I try to keep up with it, you know, just for conversational purposes. And, and you know, I think some of it's kind of interesting. It's a, it's a different type of sport. Um, but nonetheless, I, from, from my very novice point of view, I was thinking Tiger was back a little bit earlier. I think that they had a um, – there was a tournament previous to this that he shot pretty well. Um, in my in my opinion, again, I'm I'm a novice, but I didn't think he was just terribly off. I know that he was coming back from some ailments and things like that, but I thought Tiger looked good a few tournaments back. You know when he played. Now this being a major and him almost coming back and you know coming back and almost winning it, definitely I think I think there's a statement to be made that Tiger could be back. But I think if, if for for me coming back from you know the different uh, physical ailments that he had health wise and then just a bunch of the other mess that everybody knows about. For him to come back and just be consistent, to me, I consider that being back. If you can consistently sustain, you know, a certain level of success. Maybe not what you once did, but if you can come back and, you know, at least compete pretty regularly, I call that a comeback. Hey, man, shout out to Tiger, man. Tiger ain't played this good since he was cheating on his wife and giving his side chicks Subway sandwiches, man. So wow. I think Tiger needs to hey, I think Tiger <laughs> need to go back to home, man, because I'm sorry. Tiger went back and tried to be faithful, and Tiger ain't won, a, ain't won a major since. When Tiger was out there, you know, getting them Subway sandwiches and knocking them down, man, Tiger was the best player on the planet. He already had to hey, give old man. girl half, so. <laughs> What you got to lose now? You already lost your hairline. Your hair is looking crazy. You already apologized to the white people on the Nike commercial. Tiger, you need to go back to it, man. Go on, go, on, go back to your thing. It's like it's calling me. It's like them old Mary J. Blige albums when she was drinking that Seagram's Gym. Them albums were great. Then she got, then she got off the Seagram's Gym, man, and they wasn't as good. And I was like, damn, man, I love Mary J. Blige. I just wanted to take one shot of that Seagram's Gym, let that bumpy face roll down and throw warm her soul, give me some hits. Wow. I need another my life. And that's what I need to do, man. Maybe we need to get, maybe we need to get a GoFundMe for some trollops. And we all know the type of women Tiger likes. Flat butts <laughs> and go ahead and get it, get it, man. He already, you know, that's what he likes anyway. Go ahead and fall back to it. Hey, man, not Tiger out there calling, calling him, talking about, look, you need to polish up this nine iron. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> hey, four. <laughs> hey, hey, nigga, look, not Tiger telling her he likes it on the rough. <laughs> Yo, hey, Tiger, not Tiger talking about he want to touch the sand dune. <laughs> you know what I'm hey, saying? Man. Tiger's a wild boy. <laughs> So, hey, like Tiger, I said, go ahead. Tiger, Tiger, cap it off with birdie. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Oops. Man. Hey, I guess that Tiger bust a quick one, and somebody he hit an eagle, and he apologized. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, man, oh, Tiger's man. out here wild, man. Like I said, man, it's a wild dude, man. Hey, he needs. To, I mean, like I said, man. Like when, oh, let me tell you this: when that chick, when his ex-wife was swinging the golf club at, him, and he was on Ambien and all that type of stuff. Yo, Tiger should have been like, no, nah, I'm done. Or at least go, or he should have doubled down. Personally, I would have doubled down Ambient. if I was Tiger. I'm, I'm Tiger Woods. I mean, that's where you know, you might as well jump back into it. But man, let's. But I got. Oh, I want to ask. Go she's ahead. She's wearing a golf clothes than me, man. I'm telling her she's out of order. Uh, out of, oh <laughs> damn, damn, not the out of order. <laughs> hey man, but you know, like I said, man, shout out to Tiger. But let me ask you something, bro. So I was watching this show. Have you heard of that show Love Is? It comes on OWN. I had not until you hit me to it, man. Honestly. All right. So love is for those who haven't. It's a, uh, it's about the sister <laughs> who uh, who wrote who created girlfriends, and her husband, he's a writer, but he also he's also I think the, the executive showrunner or the producer for Black Lightning. 
So they're both in the television business. So the show about how they met in their relationship. It's an interesting show because when they showed that she was work, I think working on Moesha or something, and he wasn't in he wasn't in the business yet. So this man he had a he had a I think he I think on on the show he had a son, I think in Northern California. He left his you know I think he got divorced from his wife or he left or whatever, and he became he left his family left his son to chase his dream. Now, I was talking to my lady, and she said it's a lot of guys now that's, that's willing to leave their families to chase their dreams. And for me, for pictures, because people in our grown man's family, our brothers on the group chat, all six of us, and then, you know, extended people, we would never fathom to ever leave our families, leave the kids and anything else. You know, you, your first thing as a man is protect and serve, you know, right, so it's right. a family. And I just couldn't imagine yeah. it, man. So I'm, I mean, I had a, and so I want to get your opinions on it, man. Before I kind of dive deeper, man, of like how yeah, do you, so, how so. do you view a man who will leave his and not leave? I mean, you never, you cannot have not be with a person. Sometimes you could be in distance, but not providing fully financially when able to chase your dream. What do you think about that? Yeah, so so I guess I'll answer it from my opinion in two points. Uh, the, the the first view or the first uh, lens that I would look through it as look at it as myself. Um, I personally could not do that. I could not be a man or call myself a man or whatnot and leave my family behind. I could not <clears throat> just to chase my dreams as important as my dreams are or you know to me and things like that. I don't think that I could leave my family behind to go do that. Um, I would do what I can to make sure or figure out a way to try to bring my family along uh, on that journey, um, having those conversations. But uh, my uh, my first obligation is going to first and foremost be to my kids. Uh, period. Uh, so I can't I can't just go away and 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 not be able to provide for them and support them and be there for them just because I'm chasing my dreams. Uh, no matter how well my dreams, if I attain them or not, are going to, what position they're going to put them in. Uh, for me, for both time, my 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 family, my kids, my wife, they they come first, and that is what uh, that that's what drives me. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, the second lens that I would look at it, and and how I would judge a man who does that, um, I personally definitely would have less of a respect for him. Uh, and that's just me. That's just my personal opinion because I'm going to look at it and say, how can you, um, how can you desert uh, your your family? How can you desert your your children, your wife, or whomever, uh, just to chase your dreams? And some people say, oh, these guys are selfish for doing that, or you know, you can't hold someone back from chasing their dreams or whatever. But and that's true, you can't. But you also have to understand that chasing your dreams is one thing, but your family, your children, or whomever have to be a part of that dream regardless if you care about them enough. So if I want to be a musician and I'm just chasing my dreams and chasing my dreams or, you know, I have to go, you know, do whatever, you need to figure out a way that's going to, that you want to, A, be able to take care of those, your family or whatnot and, and B, incorporate them into that. So I, I do lose a bit of respect for an, a man who does that. And, again, that's just that's just my opinion how I was brought up, how I was raised, that sort of thing. Not saying that it's right or wrong, but that's that's the bow tie fresh point of view. And for me, it's like in the dig deeper in the in the, in the show, the brother <clears throat> Yasir, he's a uh, you know he you know he sit back and and you know he he admitted to his earlier girlfriend he was using her for a place to stay because he was down on his luck. Okay, and now you you finally got a job. Okay, which so I just can't view and it's in the scene. His mother is Loretta Devine, 
and him and Yasir and his, I don't know if it was his ex-wife or girlfriend, whatever, they were arguing about his son. And then he tried to get, he tried to come in there like, you know, after being gone for six months, like he felt like he can run the show. Now this brother wasn't, he wasn't fighting overseas or working anywhere. He was work. He was in California, you know, down in, I think LA trying to become a writer. So then he mm-hmm. tells, so his, he's going back and forth with his ex and his, he was like, my mama going to take care of everything. He's putting all the onus on his mother. And I see so many of these cats, man. And I'm not trying to judge y'all. I mean, pro. I mean, Mike Jack, I've been down, been down like four flat tires, man. And ain't nothing but the, you know, the blessing of God that I've, you know, been able to to get to where I am now. And this is, you know, I'm I'm definitely gonna go higher. But you know, I've been I've been low. Right. But to sit back and put the onus on your mama to take care of your kid and put all that on so you can chase your dreams, this is weak to me, man. So I'm watching the show. And I'm not judging the main character because obviously it's it's some, you know, truth and it's some fiction. So I know they're probably adding a little bit extra to it. But I like you said, man, I can't view you as a man. I would mm-hmm. rather be miserable to take care of my family than be happy chasing my dream. I would feel miserable because I can't provide. And I know that's not everything right. that a man's supposed to do. And even if you're with your lady or whomever you with is making more money than you, it's a sacrifice of being a man. Is a big thing, right? Like in my household now, I'm not. I'm not gonna sit back. I mean, I like for me. I like. I like kicks. I like sneakers. I like J's, but I haven't bought any in a while. I mean, it was because yo, I got other responsibilities. I want my lady to be right. I want her daughter to be right. I want all these other different mm-hmm. things. And I, I just, for as a man, I just can't respect it, man. And you see all these cats running around. They're not men to me, and it's infuriating because they, they make it. You know, I'm not even saying they make it bad for us. But it's like they want to quick to jump bad, like we were talking earlier, how Cam addressed Kevin Benjamin. These cats don't mm-hmm. know how to communicate with each other or with a woman in their life or their ex-wife or ex-girlfriend or the child's mother, whomever. And you see the, these cats acting like that, and it's sickening. You just want to – you don't know what to do with them. Like, you know, issues I've right. had with men here lately, and I'm a pretty peaceful brother – but they haven't been able to communicate. And then when you call them out on their bull, they want to get loud or blame everybody else and not take the onus on themselves, man. So seeing that, man, and seeing how hearing other sisters talk about brothers, it's sickening that as a man that you don't want to take responsibility for your actions. So that's kind of when oh, yeah. we talk about that, man. So, you know, you see that because, you know, we, we, you and I, we cut from the same cloth. And we've been blessed to have friends that are all cut from that same cloth, you know, strong dads in our lives and those type of things. But when you see these type of things, man, and just see a man willing to put his mama, have his mama come out there and do everything for him, and mm-hmm. he's not willing to step up to the plate, it's sickening to me, man. So just wanted to get your thoughts about that, bro. No, nah, man, man. Uh, no doubt. Like I said, I think I think you and I are are uh, very similar in in, in that uh, that frame of mind, and I definitely agree with everything you said, man. It, it's just. I think it's just a, a, a different way, an approach to life, how we were raised, and, you know, and just as individuals. But, again, I can't, as a man, personally, I can't put so much on my mama or a lady or anything like that. No. And feel, and feel no. like I'm accomplishing something. Like, I, I can't so, like, do I'm that. A that's, man. That's, yeah. I, I will feel weak. I don't, you know what I'm saying? That's just, I don't even like my, you know, I just don't, I don't get down like that. But, man, let's switch it up to power, bro. So this week, you know, every week, y'all, I do like a five people who I, des- I who I think deserve to die. And I'm going to run it down real quick. <laughs> hey, man, if you watch Power, man, it's just like one of those shows that none of the characters you really like 
And it's kind of, you know, so when you have that nine that you don't like have, you know, you don't care if they live or die. You like the show, but they just have, they're so flawed, which is it's television, but still. So these are my five deserve to die. Number one is Teresi. Now, Teresi's Tommy's daddy. He's a rat. He's been snitching on. He's trying to snitch on everybody. Probably this big time Italian gangster, but you snitching. You know, and I'm not talking about snitching the fact of, you know, don't tell something like somebody gets hurt out in the streets. I'm talking about, but you're a big time gangster. So you need to take, take mm-hmm. it, get it how you live, man. So he's a rat. So he's number one. Number two is John Mock. Now, John Mock is like a federal prosecutor. And man, he's foul, man. I just, I just don't like him. <laughs> he deserves to die. I've heard that name a lot, man. Hey, man. But number three. Oh, man. And I, I know I'm probably going to piss some people off, but I'm going to keep it real. It's a combination. It's it's Tasha St. Patrick, Tasha's ghost's wife, and I'm you know, and I know y'all probably think like, oh man, why you Mike don't ever say ghost? No, no, I'm like, don't say No, 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 it's Tasha. Yo, man, Tasha, she she came to ghost, man. Both of them have had affairs on one another, and she came to ghost talking about he's gonna do it. He loves me, so she thought you know she thought my man with Silva, the lawyer, was gonna commit perjury for her. So she come back to Silva's house. <laughs> Yo, my man opened. She opened up the door. Silva moved all her stuff out. All that he left was a subpoena and a check given back to her, so he can't be her lawyer anymore. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. So you know, shout out to Tasha. Wow. She deserves to die. And number four, the repeat. This person's on the list every week but one, and that would be Tariq, Tariq St. Patrick. <laughs> Tariq. I was wondering if Tariq was going to make the cut. Oh, man. Tariq, <laughs> hey, man. Yo, dog. Hey, Tariq is out here moving work at the private school. <laughs> he out there sold oh, some man. pills. He out there sold pills with his mama's name on it, the prescription drugs. Hey, man. So, Tariq, the, t- Tariq deserves to go ahead and go, man. And number five is Angela Valdez. She's the one who started this whole thing with ghosts and everything else. And she does. She deserves. She deserves to die. So shout out. That's my five people on power who deserve to die this week. It's like a rating system. You know, there's always. You know, some people are number one with a bullet, and some people like Tariq. <laughs> <laughs> they stay in the top five. I know he's only like 15 years old, but yo, he deserves to go. I've been waiting for him to die for a long time. He got a really. He's like he a pressure. I've been waiting game. for him to die for a long. Hey man, he's a sucker, man. I've been can waiting for him to die for a long time. Yo, cause you all right? You got two <laughs> sons. Just losing kids. Hey, man, all right. Let me ask you this, man. You got two sons. You know, let's just say that you and your you and your wife was on the outs, and you trying to come back as his dad, trying to make it right, and you got that son honestly disrespecting you and doing things to, to, to ruin the family. You, well, you know, hey man, it comes a line in the sand, bro. He's disrespectful. Yeah. And he just, I, don't, I feel like it's, I don't know if Tariq needs to die. Tariq needs to get his behind kicked by a grown man. I think that's the difference. So then we've all been in our lives as men that's had their daddies kind of give you that, that look of uh, to let you know who's the man and who's not in the situation. That's yeah. what Tariq needs. I mean, it happened to me when I was about 16 years old. My pops put the hands on me. I needed it because, you know, I kind of gave, gave him that look. And, then, you know, folks know my pops the a big guy. Hit me yeah. with those, you know. Hey man, but you know, <laughs> hey, I took it like I took it like a man. But that's what Tariq need, man. Tariq need to get an old fashioned ass whooping, just by a man, not and by like some dude in the street. He needs to buy somebody who he loves or love he thinks loves. So that's that, man. So all right, Bowtie, we talked about power. We talked about love is, bro. Let's get into the insecure, bro. You know, this is our show. Oh. This will be season three of us talking about this on the podcast. Insecure. 
Man. Bro. So it, it's, it's borderline problematic with some of the stuff that was going on, man. Ah, insecure. Where do you – hey, man, I, I will say I was not expecting for the the opening credit scene to go off and then just to see Daniel's daggone behind on screen yeah. uh, laying into a bra. Like, I did not expect that. Oh, oh and for no. those who haven't seen it as of yet, spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alert. So if, y'all haven't, alert. So if y'all haven't seen Insecure, the last episode, uh, please, you know, wait to listen to the podcast later or skip by it or come back to it, man. But we are going to talk about the spoiler alert, man. So let me ask yeah. you this. I kind of I broke it down into some segments, man. So you talked about Daniel. Daniel was Daniel was laying, you know, laying that pipe down, you know, as, as Nino Brown would say, laying that pipe down correctly. You know what I mean? So <laughs> let's talk about Issa and Daniel, man. So let's talk, let's talk about that. So what are your thoughts? I mean, she moved in with Daniel after the last season, after she broke up with Lawrence. Shout out to the Lawrence Hive. Bowtie and I aren't members of the Lawrence Hive at all. At least I don't think we are. Or, you know, we nah, not, I'm not a member of the Lawrence Hive. You know, shout out to Lawrence. He did have two Beckys, you know, one time. Then he became a shout sucker out afterwards. Becky. Shout out to the Beckys. But, you know, he became a sucker afterwards, man. And even when he had the Prince of Jasmine from Aladdin, from, from Aladdin quote Chad, still act like a sucker. So, hey, know? man, shout out Chad, too, man. Shout out hey, Chad. One of my favorite okay. characters, man. He liked both of he, yeah. he had some tweets and he liked our tweets. I, I put a tweet out there last night and said that, you know, Chad should be in a he should get picked up by Issa in the uh in the in the lift. We'll talk about that later oh, on the yeah. show now. But uh so let's talk about Issa and Daniel. So obviously we talked about Daniel, he's he's laying he's laying in the sun in the beginning of the scenes, man. So what tell me about tell me your thoughts about that situation because it's so problematic for both characters. It's it's problematic for both characters. So for 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 me, my opinion or you know, just my take on it, I think that uh, Issa approached it from two different angles. One, she really just needed somewhere to go and didn't didn't really know where to go. Two, they are you know longtime friends, so forth and so on. So I think she was like, okay, this is a safe place. But two, I also feel like there was a bit of what she kind of shared in the episode. Like there is something still there, and she was hoping maybe that if they're in the same uh, vicinity, same roof, that sort of thing, then they can kind of get some stuff worked out, maybe be an actual item. So that's kind of where I think Issa approached it from. I did not think that she approached it from the standpoint of like, hey, we just gonna, I'm just going to be here. He's going to do his thing. He's going to do mine. Now, on the flip side, I think Daniel was trying to be a stand-up guy and be like, okay, you can crash here or whatever, but all the while trying to play it cool and hide the true feelings that he had. But oh, yeah. I will say it was very savage-like for him to continuously be chopping down the broad in the very next room and, and like, kind of just <laughs> making it known, like, yeah, I, this could be me up in you, Issa, but now you're playing games. Yeah. Like, that, that, kind of, that was kind of the message that he was sending. But, man, what's your take on it? I think, man, you number one, she, she needed a place to stay, obviously. But think about it. She wanted to be around Daniel for a few reasons. Because you got to think, she could have stayed with Molly. She could have stayed with any of her mm-hmm. other friends. She could have stayed with her brother. Well, well according, according, to the ep- according to the episode, yeah. her and Molly had beef the last time they were. Oh, yeah, 2005. The vase. But you got to think, man. She could have, she she I mean, Molly let her. Thank you. Molly could have let her. Uh, could have stayed, you know. Remember, she made the broken, you know, broken pussy record, and you know, Molly let her, and she came back and stayed the night there. She found a place to stay, even though it might have been a little problematic. See, oh, oh, a gopher face drove 
in the spot, but we'll get that. We'll get to that point in a minute. You know, you have that. I think she's just that, like I said earlier. She, and but I think it's just that Daniel's like a crutch there. You know, sometimes when you people in your life, you know, you go through ups and downs. You have that. They use people as a crutch, and I think she used him as a crutch. And you know, she's. And I think Daniel was on the show on purpose. You got to think. What happened last season when Daniel got his filler? Remember, Issa was blessing the blessing the king. You know what I'm saying? You know, giving him that, giving him that good old action. And you know, he go he gave her a facial loogie, and he did it on purpose because he said, "Oh, well, I kind of got you back." <laughs> so you know, after she got after she got sprayed and she got upset, and Daniel he seems to be you know he seems to be in his feelings too. You know, just like season one came to her job. You know, season two gave her a facial shot. And now season three, he's putting on a show, having different women up in his house. And you know, it ain't because you got to yeah. think if you're gonna have somebody in your crib, you you can be a little bit discreet, especially if you know you got a guest outside. You know, Daniel, he's out there hitting it like you know, like like your parents be getting it on like in the early '80s or something. Like, ain't give a damn about nobody. But Ill. hey, man, beyond <laughs> ill. But you know, you know, it's just, that's just how that's how Daniel that's how Daniel was getting down, man. So I just think it's that. And I think there's still some feelings between them, even though he tried to kiss her. So I don't know if he was just trying to sleep with her because, you know, he was just feeling yeah. it or he just feeling it because he wanted her. I, I, you know, I haven't played flesh that out. I think it's kind of a combination of both. It's not like Daniel's like a kid, in the, you know, a kid in the playhouse, candy house. Man. He, feel like yeah. he, wants, yeah. he wants to be able to get all his needs, man. You know, and like I said, if you if you living with somebody, man and woman. And, you know, Issa don't really have a, you know, have a choice. I mean, have a choice not to have sex with him, but you're either going to have to deal with him having his random women in there, or you can move on to somewhere else. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, and that's just, that's just the way a cookie crumbles. I mean, that's just the yeah, way there's nothing, that's, But I told the homie at work, so I told her before he secure started, I said, and Daniel's going to be knocking him down. You know, he's going to have other women there. She's like, ah, that's a disrespect. So I said, that ain't no disrespect. You living in that man's house. You open up Pandora's yeah. box. I knew what was going to happen. Even it's not like I'm like a any man. Think about it. Let me ask you both. Ty. If you was a single man and you had like someone you used to mess with and they needed a place to stay and you were out there being a young single gentleman and you had women coming over, would you stop what you were doing just because you and that young lady had history? Nah, I think I'm gonna keep on living my, you know, doing me. I'm living my best. Living oh yeah, I'm, I'm straight living. living in, <laughs> hey, I'm living. I'm straight getting the little Duval on. And hell, you know, yeah. shout out to Lex. Shout out to Lex and Steel. I might take the show in other places because it's my house. Oh, so, oh, you know what I'm oh, hashtag man hammer. <laughs> hammer. Uh, shout, wow. out, shout out, shout out to Lex. <laughs> you know, but you know, she's opened up Pandora's box when you do these type of things, man. So, you know, I think there's, I think one of the big things of insecure is boundaries. There's boundaries and lack thereof of both of, of all these relationships that intermingle with one another. So I think there's Issa and Daniel still trying to establish, well, she's trying to establish boundaries, but she can't really establish boundaries when you don't have a place to live. So, right. and speaking of that, let's, let's, let me, we, we had a conversation earlier to let people know both time I, we talk dinner every day. Not about the show, but it's life. So let's talk about Molly and Dro. So we had this interesting conversation, man, about Molly and Dro. 
So, I mean, kind of, let's, let's, kind of, let's kind of bring it up earlier. So, obviously, Joe, what do you call it, the polyamorous relationship? Polyamorous, yeah. Okay. So, at first, I was like, I had to rewatch the episode to catch something. Think about that. Because I, I have someone I know who, who lived a relationship like that. Well, a third person known. I the person worked for me, and they told me about their kid that was doing that. But So, what do you think about that whole polyamorous relationship thing? We relating to Molly and Joe, and it's in general. Uh, I mean, to, in general, I understand how some people feel like, oh, it's un- unconventional or not traditional or whatever. But I mean, just just in general, I say, hey, do do what you do. You know what I'm saying? Whatever makes you happy, and, and you know, you're not you're not harming anybody else. You know, physically, emotionally, or whatever. You know, hey, do do what you do. You know, it's your business. And there's a lot of things that are not what people consider traditional or, you know, what what we have used to being seen as society previously. There's tons of things in life that way, and this is just another one of them. So, you know, I say do what you do. Uh, but with regards to Molly and Drell, here's my here's my biggest thing. I think that Molly is approaching it from the wrong uh, frame of mind, and I shared this with Mike J. Molly is approaching this from a side piece perspective. She's looking at it through a side piece lens. I only get you when you want me or you want to bang or you want this or want that. Your t- what did she say? Your time when you want that's what it is. Yeah. And obviously uh, that's not the case with Dro. So Dro is like uh, no, I'm doing the same things with you that I do with my wife. So he's actually looking at it and approaching it from a polyamorous perspective. He's looking at it through, through, through that lens. I'm treating you equal and same to what I treat my wife. No different or anything like that. So, no, he. Did, I don't think that he's looking at her as a side piece. I mean, a man's trying to make pancakes and schedule dates. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think that he's looking at a side piece. I don't think he's trying to diminish her in any way. I think she's just looking. She's looking at it through that, through that lens. Either I'm the side piece or I'm the main. And he's like, well, you can be the main and my wife is the main. Like, this, this is a ruffle, so to speak, that this is equal. Um, <laughs> but at this but at the same time, I think that Dro needs to understand that Molly wasn't comfortable with it in the beginning. They started doing it. She was kinda iffy with it throughout and now she's just kinda done with it. So Dro has to understand like, okay, she's just really not with this lifestyle. I mean he did he did kind of get in his feelings. He he looked like he was about to backhand Molly for a second. <laughs> I think it kinda he kinda caught it. Oh, he kind of had that snarl on his face, like something was about to happen. But I think that I think that Dro just needs to understand. Look, this ain't for everybody. You have to have a certain mindset to be able to handle this type of lifestyle. Molly tried it, and it ain't for her. So you know, you can't have your feelings hurt because because people don't live like you do. So I think that that's just what it is. But I definitely think uh, that they are looking at it. They're viewing this from from two different perspectives, and that that that's just where the disconnect is. Yeah, because you know, in our conversation earlier, I was kind of more because I, I, I guess let me let me let me back it up. Previously, I had someone who told me they had their kid was in one of these polyamorous relationships, but it was when I understand <laughs> you said you you said that like you were like seventy five one of these here polyamorous relationships. <laughs> hey man, and when she, you know how you know folks tell their business to you at work, especially people who are like your underlings. You you don't really know what to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you, you direct report to me, and I don't want to ever meet your son. Cause I'm gonna think of him as Elaine. So I guess he met a woman, and she had a husband and kids, and they moved in with him, and him and her husband were sharing her, 
and then she would go back and forth to each man as far as like time and everything else. Me personally, I couldn't do it. Now, if I'm going to have something on the side, it's going to be on the side. Emotionally, I don't have enough in me to give to two women. Now, physically, mm-hmm. yeah. But physically, it's nothing. But emotionally, I, I don't have it in me to – I couldn't imagine, like – Yeah, I'm just I'm – <laughs> like, think about it. Like, you you know, let's just keep it all the way real. We're on the Grown Managed Podcast. If you're arguing with your, with your lady or your wife, do you want to argue with a polyamorous mm-hmm. lady? Because she's oh, my yeah. side. Yeah, I, don't yeah. have to, I don't have to argue with her or anything. I can just be done with her. You know what I mean? Right. But so I, I just don't, I don't have that in me. And if I'm to me, just I'm you know I, I'm doing that. I want the whole sneak involved. And then everything that comes right. there, you know, just kind of this weird. And I wouldn't want my woman to be pounded out by somebody else either. You just never know. <laughs> you know, you might start to have a bug to tear them down. But <laughs> <laughs> I think the biggest thing, like I said, like we talked about earlier, how when Joe just popped up at her house, used the key. Now, number yeah. one, like, why would you? I mean, I know they were friends before, but they, you know, but you, if she, Molly never seemed comfortable, so why would you give that man control just because he's, you know, he's beating you down the way you like it, doing, you know, all all the kinky stuff? Why would you give him that much control to have a key to your apartment? Right. You know right. what I mean? If you weren't, you weren't fully yeah, into point. it. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think, think so now. I think I think it's now Molly trying to take back to get control of the situation so she can have control because it's not she wants to. Sounds like she wants something more, and Joe is not going to yeah, give it to her. Yeah, well, see, and see, that's just the thing. Like, I don't know. I think Joe is trying to give her what she wants. She wants to have that snuggle guy. She wants to have a relationship, and I think Joe's trying to do that. I really but do think she, that he she is. wants like, it hey, all the time. Let's, let's, yeah, yeah, remember, okay, let's go back to last. Let's go back to last. She wants it all the time, though. But hold on, if she if she wants it all the time, and he's trying to give it to her, like, hey, this is what the polyamorous lifestyle is. Why don't you either a move in with them or they move in with you? Like this can be an all the time thing. Like I think he's trying to do that, but I just don't think that she's comfortable with the sharing part of it. No. That's why I oh, think it's a disconnect. Yeah, because remember last season, they I guess they were she, he had her in the tub. I think they were in a hotel room or something. And oh, she yeah. you know thought that she was gonna get some service and get some quality time, not even sexual, just you know intimacy. And he left because yeah. he had to go do something with his wife. Those are the type of things she can't ha- she can't handle it. But then again, you know, she's still scum. I don't know if it's the fact that they've known each other being comfortable and the fact of having that friendship and that relationship over the time or the fact of, you know, it's the sex is that I don't know. I don't know if I'm diving too deep into it. But she keeps going back. With Little Rail or Quentin last season, you know, she yeah. she just you know, she wants fantasy and slept with him at work. But then when Drove come through, she's dressed up in in her finest of a Nigerian lingerie, ready to get laid down and plowed. <laughs> so you know you, you see you see these things, man, and you really wonder like of the boundaries of what's going on. Even the way Drove reacted, and I can tell you this is and this is one kicking me both times. You remember when when she said whatever you and your wife do, and Drove got mad and said, "Don't mention my wife. <laughs> Don't talk about what me and my wife do." <laughs> so, but that to me to me. To me, bro, he drew the line. He drew a line right there because he lets you know that's his wife. That's so that's 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 a good point. Yeah, you look at it, man, because that's just like if you were in the way. Not saying you were typically right. You know, you're there. You you talking to somebody like, Mm -hmm. and he's like, whoa, 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 that's my wife. It's a whole other thing. 
or my lady, you yeah. are giving an affirmation to her position in your life because she's gonna be in yeah. number one for Joe regardless. I mean, he he could be taking Molly on beats and going wherever and cooking her pancakes after they make hot love or whatever. <laughs> but it's it's still I'm going home afterwards. So she she's yeah. one of the people. She wants more. She wants the whole box of cookies. She just doesn't want to uh, want a bite. So yeah. I mean, it's just the, the boundaries, bro. So I think this season is going to be about establishing boundaries, man. So I'm curious how it's going to go. And y'all probably wonder, like, damn, how can two straight guys talk about relationships and insecure like this for 20 minutes? Man, it's a dope show. Hey, we, we grown. Also, we wanna, yeah, we grown <laughs> man-ish. We can talk about any and everything, man. So we can talk about right. handling the cat, talking to a man face-to-face, and getting physical if need be. We also can talk about these type of things. But let me ask you this, man. So, you know, what do you think about Issa, her uh, – her lift, her lift driver experience, man. I thought it was hilarious. Oh man, I was gonna say that was hilarious, bro. But that that <laughs> was hilarious. I, I have I have nothing more to say about that except that that was hilarious. And I, it made me low key want to be a lift driver. <laughs> yeah, it is in the same fun. Hit, hit hit you, yeah, hit you up or hit some you know some of our other buddies. I'm like, hey man, we gonna we gonna go on this lift. <laughs> man, <laughs> man, that would up, be man. funny as hell. Yeah, same, like, cool like vibe, like, man. But that was yeah. hilarious. Yeah, but, you know, I was talking to the homie at work, and she was like, East don't deserve, I guess, you know, and let's keep it real, or we'll keep it real, whatever. I guess a lot of the ladies, they're talking about the brother who's in the Lyft driver, they guess he's attractive to them. You know, I don't really just mean like that, so more power to him. So they say he doesn't, Issa doesn't deserve him. You know, he gave her a $50 tip after he fought the guy in the back of the car. So I just thought that was yeah. interesting, man. Like I was telling you earlier, both times, somebody on Twitter, I forgot the person's name. I don't want to still in the tweet of that thunder. So Issa reminded him of black Mr. Bean, how random she was in that dick on the, in that lift, man. So, <laughs> <laughs> yo, man, it was just crazy. Like all the stuff she was doing, no, like Molly goodness. was like, Molly was like, pull over. She was like, I don't want to get a ticket. <laughs> so, black Mr. Bean. <laughs> hey, man, so I thought that was fun, bro. But uh, yeah, man, so this oh, was, you man. Know, got any other points on Insecure, bro? Nah, man, nah, nah. It was a, it was a great show. For those who don't watch it, you know, check out the show, and you know, hopefully y'all y'all followed our spoiler alert. We gave a lot away, but you know, yeah. definitely love this show and look forward to having more conversation about it. That is for sure. Can't wait till next week, man. Oh yeah, no doubt, man, no doubt. So, oh, man, so let's get to the music, man. And uh, happy birthday, hip hop, bro. It's been forty five years, man. We are of the generation yeah. that we know nothing but hip-hop. We are both 30, young men that are 36 years of age. So when we came up out of our mother's womb, hip-hop was in its pure infancy. It was, it was nine yeah. years old. So, you know, by that, when we were born, they had cats, you know, dressing up in the leather and all that type of stuff looking crazy as hell. I'm sure Millie Mel right. was right somewhere now with a seat-through right. tank top ready to, ready to fight everybody. Millie <laughs> <laughs> Mel. Well, let me ask you this, man. I know we we put a question out on Twitter, on our grown man's Twitter, about what's your favorite hip-hop moment, man. So I know you talked about uh, – well, you go ahead and tell them, but I'm going to ask you another question. So, you know, you, when did you fall in love with hip-hop? Oh, uh, I, I, like I said, on the on the Twitter response and in the different conversations we had, man, for me, my, my hip-hop moment was, was Crush Groove, man, seeing that movie – uh, just seeing the versatility that the hip hop had in it, and when I say the versatility, I mean everything from the different styles of rap, the different things that individuals rapped about, to the graffiti, to the dress, to to the dance, and like everything. It was like, man, like this if, if this is a culture, and like my mind was blown. Like th- like this is a culture. There's so 
so much in here, so much to learn, so much to be a part of, so much to 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 take in, you know what I'm saying? And like that was just one of those moments for me and was like, wow, like like this is this is it. Like this, this I I I fell in love. I, I you know, was like I need to, I need to know who's wearing what. I need to know what's the hottest this, who you know, who got the hottest lyrics. Like, like I was just into it, man. Yeah, you know, young bow tie freshers, even a little dancer, man. You know, out there popping and locking it and, you know, getting my groove on. You know what I'm saying? There's tons of family videos, you know, different events and you know, bow tie fresh was uh, as they say, cutting a rug. Yeah. <laughs> you know, out there yeah, doing you know. the thing, man. So but that was probably my moment, man. It was just it was I think it just all came into a culmination for me, just being able to like actually seeing it all in one place and that movie was just like, Wow. There's so many types of hip hop, so many types of songs, so many types of rap. You know, it's, it 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 was it was my moment for me, man. So yeah, what about yourself, man? Crush grooving, man. I know. Body moving, body moving. <laughs> uh, for me, man. <laughs> hey, man. For me, my first remembrance of really hip hop was I'm Bad, L Cool J, 1987, yo. For the videos, no, you know, I was five, I, I was five years man, old, put man. Face the <laughs> Yo, man, I would jump off the couch. You know how L dropped off that damn ill-ass box in the video? Oh, and, and, you know, to my crushing Cool J cookies, I would be able to do my foot like that. Hey, and, do the little, and, you know, do my leg like that. And then, you know, of course, I listened to it. I mean, Yo! TV Raps came when we were kids. You know, Rap yeah. City and all those type of things. Rap City. But I really fell in love. When the before the chronic came out, man, my uncle, my uncle E, rest in peace. He's a big rap fan. He was a little older than me, so you know, when I was a kid, like if we come on getting close to a teenager, so we, you know, that was my guy. So we everywhere, you know, kind of like how you and Clarence, you know, you, you know, Big C's relationship, it's like that. Yeah. So I just kind of I rolled with him, man. When the chronic came out, it was this. So good, but I knew I wasn't really supposed to listen to this music. And you know, my parents are really strict, like not really Bible thumpers. They they and they walked it like they talked it. But you know, mm-hmm. I snuck it, and I was willing to get in trouble yeah. and lose it all because it meant so much to me, man. With the it was the music, the culture, the dress, feeling like you know, I felt like I belonged, man. Because I went to a high school that I really didn't feel like I belonged because wasn't that many people look like me? And then the people who looked like me, they were it was like very cliquish. But that music, mm-hmm. man, it just is it sun new sun to you. And it's you know, it it bonded me, man. So even now I don't listen to all the new young cats and rap, but I try to listen to a little bit of everything that's coming yeah. out. Cause I don't want to be that old cat like judging stuff that I haven't listened to. But man, it's just like that's when we talk about these albums, it's like, yo, these are the things that interest in us because they're moments for us. Like, I mean, I just like for example, straight out of Compton was like thirty years. We were like six years old when Straight Outta Compton came out. We didn't catch that till later. Yeah. But yeah. you know, it's still a great album. But you know, for us, and I'm maybe I'm I hope I'm not being presumptuous to speak for you, Bowtie. But you know, we were six. But if we talk about stuff we're gonna talk about now. We were grown men. Like you know, right, we, were right. in, we were in college, or we were like you know, like out of college. So and then you know, different uh, yeah. stuff in high school and everything else, man, or even middle school, but. So that's me, man, the chronic. And it went from me and Snoop Dogg to be my favorite rapper on the planet. And then when Biggie came, it was a game changer. I was like, oh, man, this dude, is, he's a big guy. He can be fly. I was like, man, I could be a big guy and be fly, too. So, you know, that's that's what it is, man. So I always going to love hip-hop. I don't think I'll ever stop listening to rap. 
I know some people they get right. to a certain age and like I'm I'm like I don't think I you think you'll ever stop listening to rap. I don't think I'll ever stop listening to it. I can say that I probably don't like you said I don't listen to as much, especially some of the new stuff. Um, I, I definitely love listen to uh, more R and B and different stuff like that. But uh, there definitely is. Uh, I, I have quite a few trap music playlists. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Where I yeah. listen to different rap. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I think I think as you mature, your your different things uh, interest you and attract you, and you know what I'm saying. But I don't think I will ever not listen to rap or ever stop listening to rap. I don't think that will happen. No, but like I said, you know, I, I've transitioned and I listen to, I listen to quite a bit of R and B type type music right now. But again, even some of that has rap influence. You have different, yeah. you know, R and B guys that kind of have like a, you know, a speedy cadence to you know things that they're saying. That's sort of deal, which is just a derivative of rap. So, uh, yeah, 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 man. So so let's get let's get to it, man. So you know, August second, two thousand two. One of my favorite albums of all time, Scarface. One of and one of the guys in my top five. I think Scarface is awesome. Released the fix, and this was his album on Def Jam, man. And you know he had Kanye West did the Guess Who's Back with with Jay Z and Beanie Siegel did On My Block mm-hmm. did the song with Nas. I mean that to me is it's an album that I don't I don't I don't skip. It to me is is it's the production is great and Scarface is always be able to go into. You know, being going through mental issues, the street stuff, mm-hmm. everything else, man. I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's like the, a perfect album, man. So, give me your favorite cuts off the of six, bro. Uh, you named my favorite two already. I uh, guess who's back and on my block. Uh, probably my favorite two albums or um, my favorite two songs on the album. Uh, I did like Heaven on there. Uh, I yeah. like I like Sell Out. So. I mean, yeah, those are probably my four, but definitely on my block and guess guess who's back is probably my top two. Yeah, that was some that was some best. I like the song with Nas too, man. That was that was a banger too. Yeah. But yeah, I just that was just no to me a, a great album. But man, so let's let's transition to somebody to another album, man. We and you know both of us we love UGK, and this was the Underground yeah. Kings album. This was when, you know the first album that they released after Pimp C got out of jail. Rest in peace, Pimp Pimp C, man, because Pimp C meant a lot mm-hmm. to us. As kids, man, I thought, you know, he was like, you know, bigger than life, man, because he could produce, he could rap, and he had that fly shit. So, but we're on the mm-hmm. Underground Kings album, man. It was a double album, man. So, give me your favorite cuts, bro. Uh, I definitely, excuse me, definitely like International Players Ball or Players Anthem, whichever whichever you want to call it. Uh, I like that. I like that song. Uh, I like Still Riding Dirty with Scarface. Uh, yeah. I actually did like I actually did like Stop and Go, which uh, I think uh, Jazzy Faye was on that. Yeah. Um, excuse me. Uh, I like Hit the Block. Um, let's see. What else? Song? I like Cocaine with Rick Ross. So, yeah, there was – oh, and, and Trill Niggas Don't Die with Zero. That was probably, that was up yeah. there, too. So, yeah, those were probably my, my top ones right there. Off yeah, the I like the – Like Mike J said, definitely a, a long time, a big UGK fan. So, it, it, it's it's an album that, like Mike J said, not my favorite UGK album, but it definitely has some cuts on it that, that I could that I could roll to. Hey man, I like I like all the songs you said. I like Quit Hating the South with Willie D. You know I love Willie D. Man, oh uh, yeah, that was, that was nice. Hey, man. Hey, that's my cut right there. Cause Willie D. has got the voice that he can whoop some ass. He did knock out Melly Mel. Hey, you gonna have you gonna hey. have Melly Mel coming for you. Hey man, all the Zulu tribe, man. But uh, I also like that. I like that song with Talib Kweli and uh, Raheem Devine. That was a smooth cut. Uh, 
of course, you know, I like Still Riding Dirty. They had the had the Scarface uh, sample in that mug, so it was a banger, man. Yeah. It, it's not it, to me. It's not like Riding Dirty or Dirty Money, anything like that. 30, you yeah. know, looking back at it, it's a double album. You know, it's like what thirty some odd songs that I really need. Yeah, and it was twenty nine songs, but you know, now it's just had the penalty is past. Yeah, I needed all those songs, but you know, if they could have trimmed a little bit of it, I wouldn't have been mad, man. But it's still a banger. It does it ain't it's not my go to UGK album. That would be riding dirty. And you know, that but, ride, you know yeah. it, it was it's still it's still it's still a banger though. Yeah, yeah man. man. I agree. So, but yeah, man. So uh we about about done with this, yeah. man. About done with this episode, bro. Yeah, we're gonna wrap wrap it up for y'all, man. Definitely bow tie fresh as usual. I wanna leave y'all with a little something to kinda motivate and and get you through, you know, life, get you through the week, get you through the moment, whatever it is. So I want to leave y'all with this. Uh, if you figure it all out today, what would be the point of tomorrow? Enjoy the process of being a work in progress. And that uh, that stood out for, for, for me, uh, for Bowtie Fresh, just because there's a lot going on, and a lot of times I want to get to the end result. A lot of times I, I, I'm ready for the next thing, and I don't enjoy being a work in process. And that's just, you know, as a father, as a man, as a, as a husband, as a professional, you know, take a step back and just enjoy watching yourself develop and the things that come with that. So definitely hope that resonates with y'all this week. Yeah, man, for me, it's uh, celebrate your small victories on the road to success. Because, you know, it's a lot of times you okay. said we get so, so entrapped of, you know, looking for the end goal. And for me, it's just like kind of similar, man. You have to, like I tell students all the time, celebrate your, your goals. You know, celebrate you reaching those small because if you don't never celebrate yep. and you wait until the end, you know, you know, you could be battle weary. But you got to celebrate and you know, get your praise on how you want to look at it. Yeah, celebrate, you know, what you're going through and, and you know your success that is going on even a small thing. So uh, shout out to that man. No doubt. Appreciate everybody for rocking with. You know, you can catch all the information uh, on what's going on with you know an episode. Just catch us on Twitter at Grown Manish uh, Pie on Instagram Grown Man. Podcast. If you got a listening letter, send us an email, a letter at grownmanishpodcastmail.com. So, you know, we got the Pie Print Network coming up. You know what I'm saying? I had a couple people talking about our merch that's coming down. So, we got some real fly stuff coming. And, you know, this, this, you know we are, like I said, both times I said, we are independent out the trunk. We are two young brothers doing it. We ain't, we ain't getting no help. We figuring this thing out one step at a time. So, uh, wow, shout out yep. to everybody been rocking with us. And we'll catch y'all uh, next week. That's right. Enjoy the episode, y'all. Peace. All right, man. Peace, bro. Stop into Lowe's to fit a few more projects and a lot more savings into summer. Get your deck looking its best with the new Valspar Exterior Stain. It covers in one coat, is rain-ready in four hours, provides all-weather defense from the elements, and it's only at Lowe's. Then, get ready to kick off the fall grilling season with savings of up to 20% on select grills. All projects have a starting point. Start with Lowe's. Grill offer valid through 829 while supplies last. See store for details. It's the two megastars summer mashup. The awesome iPhone on the Rockstar Metro PCS Network. Get the iPhone you've always wanted for $0 so you can jam without limits.
It's a hit. Get an iPhone SE on us when you switch. MetroPCS. Coverage not available in some areas, plus sales tax and $10 activation fee. Requires port of number not currently active on T-Mobile Network or on MetroPCS in past 90 days to an unlimited LTE plan. See store for details and terms and conditions.